Hello and you're very welcome to the Life Changes podcast brought to you by Westmeath Libraries and supported by Creative Ireland. Over the course of this 10-part series, we'll be talking to local people from all walks of life about various changes they've made and how those decisions have enriched and improved the quality of their lives. You'll hear interesting stories from all sorts of people sharing their own unique and inspiring reflections on new directions. Earlier this year, Anne-Marie Kelly met up with Anne Lawler, who left a varied career in the UK and returned to Ireland to revel in the lure of her multi-Farnham locality. So we're now in Multi-Farnham Abbey, and this is your new world, isn't it? This is your new home. Yeah, absolutely, and I couldn't have been luckier from where I landed. I mean, I'd heard of Multifarnham from my sister, and for some reason I remember being in Multifarnham and seeing a bridge. But when it came up to find a place from, you know, when I was in England... Quickly tell people who are listening, you are originally from the north. From Donegal. From yeah, Donegal. Yeah. You moved to England at 33. And now, thanks yeah. to Safe Home Ireland... You're yeah. back in Ireland, in Multifarnham, in the middle yes. of Ireland. Yeah. Yes. When I saw there was something in Multifarnham, I just said, I look at it. It was the most lovely apartment. It had a park across the road from it. It had this friary, which I knew had wonderful grounds. Yeah. And afterwards, I found out that at least three members of my family had been in Multifarnham learning French or something at a language school. And that two people from my village in Milford, who were much older than me, had gone to bo- boarding school here. <laughs> so it was amazing. So you're now, how old are you now? I was 33 when I went to England and I came back at 66. I'm 67 now. And you look wonderful and fresh and happy. <laughs> I, sm- am, smile. I am. Yeah. I am uh, both wonderful and fresh and happy. Were you that happy in England? Oh God, no, the last few years were very, very difficult. I was being bullied at work uh, for about a year and nobody was really doing anything about it. And, and it was soul destroying, really. And then I ended up having a, a quite a complicated operation on my hip. And in fact, if they had told me that they had to give me open heart surgery, I would have taken it just to get out of work. <laughs> oh, and so you were a solicitor? I had been a solicitor. I was a lot of things in between. Then, and I ended up being a drug and alcohol recovery worker. So just to give a timeline then, so you worked in, a, in your family company, a law company. In a small village in Donegal right. for about eight years. And then I went to London. I was lucky to get in as a solicitor at that particular time. And then I went to Tunbridge Wells, which was beautiful. So you didn't want to stay in the family business? No, I, I was the only member of the family at home with my parents. I absolutely hated law from the first day I went into the office. You did? I, I just, it was, it was horror. All my years in law, it was like 17 years of sheer misery. And I used to say, when people say, would you not go back to the law when I was short of money? I'd say, I'd rather sleep in a cardboard box under Blackfriars Bridge why than, did than it, go back to Why did you hate it so much? I just, it just wasn't me. I think I was a conscientious objector from day one. I didn't fit really in an office. I'm a sort of a don't-fence-me-in sort of person. Yeah, I can understand And I've always had to be myself and always force that whoever I am into where I was and say, like me or, you know, I'll go. I see. And I've been accepted. So you're a circle in a square? I I, I was, yeah, yeah. Okay. So was it just that idea of the business and the sitting in a boxed office? Being in an office, it? it was every, yeah. 
Or was it not fighting for people's rights? Or oh well, I was I was doing mainly conveyancing and probate, which was a bit you know this is dead end. In fact, I used to sit in an office downstairs, my father's office, and and somebody would come in the door and they'd knock on the door and I'd say, "Come in." They say, "Is this the solicitor's office?" And I say. Oh, you must be looking for Mr. Lawler. He's upstairs. As if I was a, a you know, a travel agent downstairs. Okay. You know, I've seen. I, there were times when I had, you know, I'd run out of money. I was, I was on the dole. I'd run out of money, and I was going to the, and I was drinking at that stage, you know, and I would go to the pub, and I'd be praying when I go to the ATM that there would be at least a tenner so I could go to the pub that afternoon. I, you know, forget the next day, forget you, all the bills that are waiting, forget so everything. So you left law? I ended up uh, leaving because I got so stressed. Right. And, uh, and I never went back. But I did train to be a TEFL teacher. I became a TEFL teacher in, in uh, Tunbridge Wells, but I only got work sort of maybe at Easter and in the summer. Oh, okay, right. So you, you, you left the job, you became a teacher yeah and um, I, I trained I, I, I did um, I did a course uh, at an advanced diploma in IT skills while I was on, on the dole and I it was about four years and I, I knew that I was going to have to sell my house because I couldn't really afford there was always a shortfall and that was building up all the time and so I knew I was going to have to sell the house eventually so I was trying to train myself into something else and um I became, I did two diplomas at the same time. One I did the advanced diploma in counselling as well. So that got me then into, into work as a sort of family liaison person for, between schools and, and children with difficulties at school. Well, that's a big change, isn't it? i tell you what happened. I got a job working as a sort of a helper in a class in the School for the Blind, but they were actually third level. But they all had severe sort of uh, learning difficulties. So I was there for a year and that was an education. And then a friend of mine saw this job in Hastings, which was about a new organisation. They were putting a lot of money into schools, into education in Hastings, because it was a very deprived area. You know, and we, we were... What we were, we were like these great people who came into schools and lifted up everybody and sorted out the children and did whatever. Yeah. And... Yeah, at the beginning they loved us, you know, as time went on, you know, they didn't want to pay for us. Yeah, but you obviously were happy. You were getting I, to be happy Oh, again. I thought that was a fantastic job. You know, I used to, I said, what did you do today? Well, I drove down the road and I went to see a few schools and chatted to a few heads and <laughs> I went to a home visit and I took a child to bowling and then I went to, took another family to McDonald's. <laughs> that sounds like an ideal work, completely well, different. I couldn't believe How old I couldn't were you believe. now? What, what age At this stage now, I was in my 40s. So, I mean, I, I would say, like, I, I was very lucky. And then that job changed from I came. I went from being a, an inclusive learning tutor to a parent support advisor to a, a family key worker. I hated the word key worker. I used to say, whatever job you're going for, I don't want the word key worker in it. <laughs> Tell us, I want to take you through this because I want to figure out, you know, why aren't you still in England? Did you did you not create your own community? I always wanted to come. I mean, I always said I'd only been in England five years. But as time went on, you know, you, there were certain little movements coming in. I bought a house, you know, I moved to Tunbridge Wells, you know, then I bought a house and things like that sort of, sort of... They made you think oh, you're going to yeah, stay. Yeah, well, I, but I was never going to stay forever. I mean, I always say there's two sort of Irish people, you know, who go away. Those who, who will always want to come home. Yeah. And, and not like pine for it. I was never, I was never pining for it because I went home. I never went anywhere else on holidays. 
every single holiday in those 33 years, except for a nephew who got married in 2016 and 2016, yeah. And uh, another, my sister invited me out to her place in, in Portugal. But other than that, I never, I, went, I came home all the time. Donegal. Uh, Donegal, until my father uh, moved, my mother died actually within 18 months of me or less. So in a way, I had made my move okay. at the right time. I needed, in a way, to be in the same position as everybody else. And I, I you know, I did not want to, to go back. Yeah. Safe Home Ireland, uh, to let our listeners know, is a body that helps people abroad come home to Ireland. Yes. And so you, what made you get in touch with them in the first place? Well, because I'd heard about it from my cousin. In fact, she'd kept a, 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 a big article on the paper now about four years ago. And I got it maybe three years ago. And I was talking to the CEO yesterday and I said, because I saw Mulroney and I didn't know where Mulroney was in Mayo, it seemed as if it was a very small little organisation and I yeah. felt was it going to be big enough to, you know, to take care of me. <laughs> and, uh, and I said, you know, that had, you know, had affected me. I just, I found it hard to find a way back because I had to come back on my own terms and I had to come back not thinking it's going to be the Ireland that I knew and not expecting, you know, people that I knew to be jumping to see me. I don't yeah. mean my family. I mean, you know, expect to just pick up when you left off. Yes. I, had to, I had to psych myself up for it, but also I was afraid that I wouldn't be able to keep myself in Ireland because it was much more expensive and with the health and all that sort of stuff. And you're stuff. a bit older. In other words, that, that people would say, well, we can't give her a job. Yeah, I wasn't going to be, I was going to be at the stage where I was going to have to be in Ireland and retired. So you, you then got in contact with Karen from Yeah, and my Safe sister Home actually, it also was about my sister because she knew I wanted to come back. Nobody was particularly jumping, you know, for joy at the thought of me coming home. So <laughs> I, I kind of felt, I think I need, they need to know that I can stand on my own feet, you know. Yes. And that's totally acceptable because that, that's understandable. Yeah. And, and so actually Elizabeth just said, look, if you have to get a place and, and you haven't quite got it, you can stay with me. So just that handout... Because I would never want to impose that no. on somebody. I, 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 you just say, oh, I'm back in Ireland to I live. Know, I know, I know. I brought all my stuff. They're in, the, they're in the van outside your house. <laughs> um, they wouldn't like it. Yeah. So she was wonderful. And she rang them up first and said that she spoke to Marianne, who was my real darling, really, right through. And Marianne just was so encouraging. So you, they organised your apartment near no, your sister? They didn't organise the apartment. I organised the apartment. OK, right. No, they organised. They tell you everything that you would need in Ireland okay. to set up. So were you worried, though? I mean, I, I, was, I was terrified yeah. leaving. In fact, I, I was so terrified leaving... Uh, uh, I was staying with a friend the night before that she'd gone to work. I was 45 minutes in the car and, and took, you know, I had so many bits of, I had, I had a sat-nav, I had a phone, I had a, a Alexa auto. I couldn't cope with all the plugs that were in the car. I was overwhelmed. The driver's seat was so packed up to the roof that actually there was three, two crutches and four walking sticks stopping it from falling on top of me. The back, it was up to the roof. I could only see out of the two windows. I had two cataracts, which I had just discovered I had about a week before. And there was a, a big scrape across just directly where your eyes are. So, so you, I never saw a clear picture the whole way. But your, your life was in the car. Your, Everything was in the car. Yeah. And, 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 and I, I was there really very, very fragile. So when I actually made it to Multifarnham, you know, I felt uh, 
I can feel the, the tears in my eyes. I felt, you know, like this amazing miracle that I'd found myself in this most beautiful apartment. And the next morning when I saw the trees in the park and I looked out and I could hear the birds singing, you know, I was... I was so grateful to God, really, for, uh, for that and, and to Safe Home Ireland, who I love for the rest of my life, but for holding my hand, for seeing me through uh, when I really felt quite broken for an awful lot of that year. Yeah. And in my time in England, I did or not, I gave up cigarettes when I was smoked, smoked 60 a day. I, seven years later, I gave up drink. I, I took up juggling. <laughs> I, Juggling. Yes, so. I took up juggling. I loved. I took first balls, then, <laughs> then, then uh, the what do you call them? The clubs. Anyway, I never became a very good juggler. And then at sixty, I took up the fiddle. I just got this thing. I wanted a fiddle. I'd never played a fiddle, held a fiddle. Could I read? Couldn't read music. So I just bought a fiddle within two. You weeks. have a great. You have a great way of reinventing yourself. I mean, you're talking about a woman who moved from England to Ireland in a job she didn't want to do and kept going from teaching to uh, almost, you know, helping people who are blind to addicts, (laughs) then uh, going into a world where you, you had to get rid of your house and moving back here and juggling. I've been rid of my house twice. <laughs> but like, it, it's just, you, you reinvent and you, like, do you change each time you, you reinvent yourself? Do you, do you become, does it, things become clearer to you? Yeah, I, I think, actually, it's a good thing because I love the fresh start. Yeah. Do you still juggle? No. I, I, I have some juggling balls and every so often I do, but after about the fourth one's gone up, they're all over the place. So yeah. in the community, give us a sense of how you really became part of the community because you, you have your own friends and everything here. Uh, well, the retirement group. There's a fantastic retirement group which is Balnafed, Multifarnham and Bunbrosna. Very good. And it's fantastic. They do, I mean, God, you, you, endless, endless, endless things saying something's on or they were supposed to be going to Galway for shopping before Christmas, you know, for staying the night. Oh. They were in Kilkenny at the time I first came over. They do pickleball. I have wonky hips, so I do sort of, uh, it's called active living. It's sort of, you know, you play the piano and you, you know, okay. it's, it's good actually. It does hurt sometimes. You're a happy woman, Anne. Yeah, I am a very happy woman. Yeah. You know, that doesn't mean that, you know, gremlins don't appear in my, you know, in the, at half past four in the morning and take me down about six notches. But you know, those, those little gremlins are not real. Don't yeah, you know that? Yeah, they're they're just talking rubbish. Know. Yeah, just tell Clear them to go away. A friend of mine used to say, she used to sort of see a conveyor belt of a bad thought come in. She'd say, next, please. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> the sale of the century. Yes, like, you know, I, was like, I don't want the cuddly toaster. Next, please. Very good, yeah. But I actually, I mean, I'm very, I'm very happy where I am. And I, I just, every day, you know, I'm grateful that I'm in Ireland. And I love what I see about Ireland. You know, I, I think Ireland has changed enormously and, and kind of got a confidence it stands tall and it's not just you know I, I, I something made me laugh yesterday it said something like I heard some comment on the television next time and Dublin feels it's being left behind and I said well god that's a laugh you know <laughs> because all the years that it was like Dublin was the only thing that mattered it's true you know yeah and now I, I think Nationwide's a wonderful program because it and, and on all the programs around there's so many wonderful programs that celebrate people yeah and what they're doing and what they're doing in Ireland. And, and I think it's very, very exciting.